We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Welcome in, guys. It is Monday morning, November 7th at 7.37 a.m., and that means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy out there in Atlanta. Scott, uh, not as fun as last week celebrating a victory Monday, but uh, good to have you in here. The Broncos at rest uh, with the bye week here. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, doing good. Big, uh, big baseball weekend, nice college football weekend, and then a solid day of, of NFL football yep. to uh, to watch. It's just you start watching this and you're like, does anybody really want to win? Anybody? <laughs> anybody? There's just there's so much bad football out there that it gives you the feeling that, hey, we're not out of this thing yet. Doesn't matter if we're yep. two games under 500 or whatnot. It's it's there's nobody really wants to go out there and seize anything other than the top two or three spots. Those are pretty well set after that. Who wants it? Yeah. I, and I guess the, since it's a Monday show, uh, we obviously the best two teams in football right now, even though the Bills lost last week, Josh Allen, or yesterday, Josh Allen had a terrible game. Bills are still up there. Uh, Chiefs are still up there. Eagles as well. Anybody else that uh, has caught your eye so far this season that you think we should keep an eye on just for the general NFL landscape, or is, does it stop after those three? I don't know. I don't think the Titans are done necessarily. Um, you know, they, they played toe to toe with the chiefs, despite having, um, you know, a rookie quarterback who can't throw the ball. Yeah. man, so, he struggled. <laughs> so, you know, running game and a defense will play, especially if you end up, you get into the, uh, the postseason and get a little weather, but, um, it's, it's pretty ugly, you know, are the chiefs as, or the, the Patriots as dominant as they looked yesterday or the Colts, you know, like I said, before you played the Colts, this was a team that was ready to quit step on their necks and you didn't mm-hmm. and they 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 stuck around for another two weeks before now you see what you're getting them nine sacks yeah. the colts i mean all you had to do was put a boot on their necks and you were good hopefully that doesn't get us flagged by uh <laughs> you're too violent this 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 podcast is too violent get flagged by youtube <laughs> no boots at all no uh what is american x going on here um but uh yeah no broncos losing that colts game man, that's a pathetic colts team pretty terrible loss there the chargers won as well chargers uh it's the season of missed opportunities for the broncos but luckily uh thanks to the trade deadline we got another opportunity coming up here scott i feel rejuvenated a little bit after the brady uh, bradley chubb trade just because it's draft season again in broncos country and i know that we are still half the season there but we have a bye week and scott and i kind of just want to take a little bit of a a thousand foot view uh, on the draft coming up here pretty soon. The Broncos 
own the first round pick uh, of the San Francisco 49ers. So want to watch out for that. Watch the 49ers. 49ers also had a bye week. But first, let's say hello to some people in here. We got Jared Kidder. Uh, Kidder emphasis here saying quarterback, no question for the Broncos here. If the Broncos had the first overall pick or something like that, you know, maybe you consider that, but uh, they're going to be picking probably in the back half of the first round. So quarterback, not this year. If Russell Wilson's this bad again next year, we're probably going to have to be talking quarterback in the 2024 draft, which is insane because you'd still have Russell Wilson for two years, but uh, you have to start considering it. Um, hopefully that's not the case. Kevin Gray coming in here saying morning Broncos country, Nick and Scott. I hope the rest of the season goes okay. The powers that be work hard on the offensive line. Denver Broncos for life. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. We got Duke Rose. Definitely a better offensive line when passing it up uh, for too long now. Offensive line, definitely one that needs. <laughs> Obviously, they need a quarterback. Thank you, Free Indeed. Dave Glassman coming in. Ethan, good afternoon, Jensen Broncos country. Kathy Lund, of course. Good morning. Uh, hey, Broncos didn't take an L this week. Hell yeah. Uh, in the 2023 NFL draft, the Broncos should definitely and finally pick an offensive tackle. Scott, you're thinking offensive tackle, right? While I look up this, uh, this ad, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's a need, but I also don't think you have to use a first round pick on offensive tackle. You know, we've talked right tackle a lot and the Broncos have passed over two pretty good ones. You know, this is, they they passed over several, obviously several Mm -hmm. go after those picks, but a couple of guys in the last two years that, that this show has specifically targeted that were available in the third round that you've passed over and have been starters. You know, Abraham Lucas this year, Seattle Seahawks, Spencer Brown, right tackle, Buffalo Bills. Two teams that are in a better position right now than the the Denver Broncos are. So you don't necessarily have to go first round offensive tackle, but let's not wait until the sixth or try and get a retread broken guy uh, in free agency for a million five. You know, let's let's spend one of those first three round picks on on an offensive tackle that that doesn't like I said, doesn't necessarily have to be a first, um, but it's it's time to invest. And frankly, I would probably bring in two interior linemen too, a, a good one on free agency and a the first at least second, third, fourth. I'm using one on a guard guard slash center as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Broncos, a lot of people have the opinion. I see in the comments here about beefing up their security and Broncos country. If you're like me, you're increasingly getting more concerned about security on the cyber side of thing with cyber crime, people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. I'm not all that tech savvy, but that's why I use NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's the desktop, laptop or phone. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and NordVPN protects you as a one stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's an incredibly easy uh software for me to use, which means I don't have to be an MIT graduate to figure it out with just one click. I'm protected. It's very intuitive to use with my NordVPN account. I can have up to six devices protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers, malicious sites, and pop-ups. For the price of a single cup of coffee per month, I have complete peace of mind knowing that all of my devices and data are protected. Plus, with NordVPN, I am never a slave to media blackouts. I can switch my virtual location to a market that is showing the NFL game that I want to watch. Uh, like yesterday, where there were eight games or six games in the morning and then two in the evening. Those morning games, I didn't really care about the ones they gave me, so I had to switch my location and get it, get the uh, get the Bears Dolphins on. That was much more enjoyable. Uh, that way, I don't miss out on any of the live action. Broncos country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash mhh to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. It's completely risk free with Nord's thirty day money back guarantee. Again, that's nordvpn.com forward slash mhh to get your four months for free. Sign up today. So security, security, security. Let's say hello to some more people in here. Uh, Sunny days. Good to see you. Alessandro coming in here. Morning Broncos maniacs. Let's go trade back for more picks. George Payton is a genius. 
and uh, also says uh, our whole backfield has nothing but a bunch of practice squad players. It's true about your running back position. It is very poor. I would not be a proponent of using a first-round pick on running back in this upcoming cycle, although let's say the Broncos are picking at 26 and uh, B. John Robinson from Texas falls down there. You know what? At some point, there is a line. It's like a, in the 2018 draft when the Broncos were picking five. I'm like, I probably wouldn't take Saquon Barkley there. And you trade back to 20 and Saquon Barkley's there. I don't like taking a running back in the first round, but there's a point where the talent is too obvious. So Bijan Robinson, watch out for him. He's from Texas, but a fun one. But uh, Scott, offensive line, offensive line, you, th- you don't think it has to be offensive line? Because based on the comments and based on fan reaction from Twitter, I think that you might have a uh, people invading Dove Valley if the Broncos don't take an offensive line with their first pick. Not in the first round. It just, it depends. You know, yeah. um, if you needed a quarterback, you know, when I came back from the senior bowl, the first thing people asked, you know, all those quarterbacks were there. You know, what'd you think? I said, I'm more sure than ever. I didn't want any of these guys in the first round. You might've needed a quarterback. If they're not there and they're not there. So, you know, you can, you can trade back and maybe get two guys in the second round. Last year, the strength of the draft was 25 to 75. That's where the strength was. So if you end up being in that neighborhood and you can trade back and pick up multiple picks, fine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, but no, I'm, I'm never... I, I might get on my horse about a player for the most part or don't take this position, but I, I'm not going to come in and say you have to take this position in the first round. Because as you said a, a zillion times, when you reach, that's when you intr- you're in trouble. Because again, it's not the guys that you miss that hurt you. It's the guys that you take and can't play that kill you. So you, you keep stacking good players, um, then you'll be just fine. And in one of the comments, it's it's not quite as bad as uh, as trust the coaches. That one really drives me crazy. But I think Clee came in here. He says, the answer is always... Uh, take best player available. Um, I think that works in the top 10, you know, um, because there's the cream of the crop. But once you get out of the top 10 or so, the best player available is not only subjective, it's you're wrong. 
<laughs> it's it, whoever you decide to take at 10, whoever you think the best player available is at, at, at 15, I guarantee you, absolutely guarantee you, there's going to be somebody from 16 to 30 that has a better NFL career. So again, I don't mind, you know, you, you trust your board, but you want to fit needs at that point as well. You know, the best player available thing, unless you're talking about, you're taking a chance on a discipline, you know, Warren Sapp falling or Randy Moss falling to 18 because uh, of off, off the field concerns. That might be the best player available. Okay, I get that one. But once you get down the line, the best player available is so subjective that there is no way to take the best player available. You, you trust your board, you try and fit needs, but it is impossible to take the best player available. You're not looking at a computer sheet with that's a program that's got numbers stacked up next to you any grade that you have on these guys is subjective. Yeah. And a lot of teams, the Broncos included have a very, have a much smaller board than all the players. So who's actually on their board that fits the scheme culture uh, pedigree, like profile that they want sometimes smaller. So the best player available is subjective. You're right. And I, as you said, Scott, just double emphasizing this, you do still want to trust your process and your board. If you do have, if it's close, uh, it could come down to what the contracts look like coming up on the back end of your roster, where it makes sense to be cheaper in some area to push behind a uh, or push out an older player to fill them in that slot in the next season with a rookie contract. But typically, you want to trust your board here. But right now, Scott, uh, just hearing these guys, and I've, I'm going to agree with the chat for the most part. Besides the uh, <laughs> the quarterback people, Broncos are not taking a quarterback this draft cycle in the first round, or in I would assume uh, the first three rounds barring something catastrophic happening. So we'll knock on wood on that one, but offensive line's got to be number one. And luckily for the Broncos, this does look like a pretty good tackle class uh, in the first round. There are four or five big 10 uh, offensive tackles right now that are getting some first round love. Uh, there is uh, the tackle from Georgia. I think Broderick Jones uh, is his name. That's a former five-star recruit uh, also getting some love in the top 10 and uh, Syracuse also has an offensive tackle to keep an eye on as well. So the Broncos, does sound like they are going to be doing a lot of work in the offensive tackle group. Uh, and the way the we're still a long ways out, but the way it's set up right now, there are a lot of names. Uh, there's Maryland also has a, a first po possible first round tackle. Uh, so there are a lot of names and Northwestern God, it's a big 10 offensive tackle year. Uh, so uh, definitely um, that seems like the most probable spot right now. I think everyone can agree. Uh, why offensive tackle? Well, we've talked about it on here for years. Now the Broncos right tackle position has been a, revolving door. I don't care if you use a first round pick on the right tackle spot or a third round pick. You just need to get some talent there and right tackles are getting paid big money uh, these days for the most part. A lot of them are. We're going to see a couple of them get here. Tristan Wirf's contract. He might be the highest paid tackle in football when it's time for him to get paid and he plays right tackle. So uh, get the best guy there you can. That said, you probably need to have some flexibility with that right tackle or whoever you take at tackle because Garrett Bowles is contract. Garrett Bowles, I think he's going to be here again next season. But that might be his last year. Uh, the way the contract is set up, you can save a lot of money moving on from him after this season and even more uh, the year after. He did not play good football this season before injury. So getting younger, getting cheaper at that position, adding some new blood, maybe somebody else that uh, this this regime drafts uh, is certainly a possibility. So right now, far and away, long way to get there. But right now, far and away, offensive tackle would have to be the odds-on favorite. We'd, I'd set it at like minus 300 right now that an offensive tackle is drafted number one. Doesn't mean that guy plays offensive tackle right away. Could play guard and then kick out to tackle at some point. But uh, if you're using a first-round pick on a player in the top 25 and it's in the offensive line, they need to at least project eventually to offensive tackle for me personally. 
Yeah, you can move guys in and out and move about, but you know, you hell, even if you're drafting at 25 and you get a Pro Bowl caliber guard, he'd play. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely offensive line. What is the biggest need on this team? It's not even close as far as personnel on the field goes. <laughs> the biggest, the biggest uh, need is offensive line, and it's multiple positions. Yep. You know, and I, 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 one of the reasons I think Garrett Bowles is safe at least next year is because you can't. You haven't addressed the right tackle position. At least hold down the left tackle position while you fix that. But you're right. Um, you know, Garrett Bowles is vulnerable. Why? Because he's got an $18, $18 million cap hit next year against an $8 million dead cap hit. You save $10 million if Garrett Bowles isn't part of your team. Coming off an injury, that makes you um, a candidate to, hey, Garrett, you want to test, uh, you want to you hit the waiver wire, or do you want to you redo your deal like they did with Graham Glasgow last year? Um, I would think he uh, he would be just fine. He'll make $18 million if he hits a free agent market, and he would tell you to pound sand. Uh, Chuck Denver realized my tongue-in-cheek moment on there when I said the biggest need uh, when I said with personnel on the field, because your biggest need might be, uh, you know, on the sidelines, um, head, head coaching. That's, that's also true. Um, you know, and Klee says, you know, drafting to reach on a position, gets you players like Garrett Bowles or Paxton Lynch. Um, yeah, don't reach. That's the, that's the worst thing you can do. Don't reach to fill a need, but if it's close, if your board is close, then you'll, you'll go for a player again, when I'm drafting 50th, why did they take this guy at 50th? Well, he was the best player available. The only way that happens is if you had a guy graded at like 23 that fell and there's nobody between 23 and 40 that's available. Okay, 23. He was the best player available. Forget what everything else is. But if everything is close on your board, you know, I'm drafting 50 and the top 40 guys are gone and my board says, okay, on my my personal top 100, I've got 45, 47, 49, and 52 available. I'm going to take those four and put them in a bucket and say, which one do I need the most? That's who I'm. That's who I'm going to pick, and not just stick to the rigid best player available, the number one guy on my board. That because it's again, it's too subjective. The difference between 43 and 44 is a flip of a coin at that point. Yeah. That's why I like horizontal boards where you have guys mm-hmm. in tiers. But uh, right. we've got Peter coming in here saying, take the best guard or center or the fourth best tackle. If it's the first round, I'm taking the fourth best tackle uh, because you can find center and guards later on in the draft. Also, it's still early. I have not put in nearly the work to put write this in pen yet, but early on it seems like the interior offensive line class is not that exciting unless you think Peter Skaronsky uh, from Northwestern is going to kick inside. There's some talk that his arm length is between 31 and 32 in- inches, which is – not great uh, or uh, definitely less than 33. So that probably does kick him inside long-term. I think this Broncos team needs to pay for interior offensive line. I don't think you can get to the draft uh, before you address the interior offensive line. I think for the Broncos specifically, also the interior offensive line is more valuable uh, than to other teams, given the space that Wilson needs to operate, given the onus on the run game to help make up some of the quick pass game stuff. So what is, uh, what does that mean in a, League, it's kind of like an auction draft kind of thing or an open market here, which the draft is not. Uh, you value that into your offensive line more. You should be willing to pay a little bit more than other teams where at the uh, offensive tackle side of things, still extremely valuable, but I think a little less valuable in the interior offensive line compared to other teams. I'd rather use a draft pick on that to for the economic side of things. You're not paying as much, pay more for the interior, solidify the interior right away with veterans, and then uh, maybe even bring back a Cam Fleming or a Billy Turner 
and compete or have him compete with uh, whoever you take in the first three rounds at the offensive tackle position. That would be my plan uh, right now. I know that uh, Elton Jenkins is going to be a free agent. You'll probably hear me mention him a hundred times uh, coming up here over the next uh, season off season. Uh, Cause that's the guy I'm going to pay a lot of money to bring him here to solidify one of the interior spots, but that's where I'd go. And last year it was three offensive tackles went before the first offensive guard. And we were saying all year, the strength of this, this class is in the interior lines. So this was a good interior offensive line class. It wasn't a great tackle class. And still three tackles went before uh, Kenyon Green went fourth. Zion Johnson uh, was in the first round too. Uh, Trevor Penning was right there. But it was normally it will be, yes, it'll be five or six offensive tackles will go before the first guard, unless there is a, a, a an exception in there, which there can be. It depends on how good that best one is. But yeah, three or four before uh, an interior lineman goes is about, about is fairly normal. Yep. It's just the it's the economics of the position. Uh, these players are getting paid dra- uh, slotted contracts based on where they're drafted. So, would you want to spend a, a very high price for an interior offensive lineman that you can get a veteran and a known thing uh, on the open market, or would you rather get a slightly discounted player at a more expensive position like tackle, like edge, like cornerback? I mean, it's it's all part of the the team building game, uh, trying to maximize your value there. So, I'd rather um, pay moving- a little bit more for a guy who's playing at a premium, honestly. You know, yeah. I'd rather have a plus. I'd rather overspend a little bit on tight end and guard where an overspend might be a million, where an overspend at a tackle might be five million. You know, an yeah. overspend at a wide receiver could be the difference between 12 million and Christian Kirk. You know, yeah. I'd rather overspend. I'd rather overspend a little bit where my margins don't increase. So my margins are the same, but my overall value isn't because the economics are lower. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. It's, I mean, it's a real simple rule here, but pay on the open market the cheaper positions, draft the expensive positions. Right. You want young and cheap at the expensive positions. You can go out there and pay a little bit, or for solid even, uh, at the non-expensive positions or better. Guard, tight end, linebacker, safety, running back. Uh, maybe not running back. That's when you just kind of want to f- cycle through and then draft. Yeah, possible, you want to you want to draft lower and... Yeah, cheaper. Use them up and spit them out, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm okay with uh, my process has changed a little bit on running back given the two high safety worlds. I'm okay if you take a running back in the day two every other year, honestly, but that's then you're keeping it cheap. Uh, a lot of tread on the tires kind of thing and just mm-hmm. rotating those guys through. So two every two years, that put the Broncos back in market here with uh, Javante Williams here at day two. So something to think about here. Um, Moving forward, uh, Scott, so we talked about the offensive tackle. What other positions right now with how this Broncos team have set themselves up so far this season are you more interested in uh, for this Broncos first-round pick if they do stay there? 
I mean, for some reason, you kind of, I don't know if, if that you became a, this became a meme for Nick or what by saying corner every time, but you know, you could use another corner. Ronald Darby's hurt. Patrick's, you got Patrick Sertan. And after that, you've got some question marks. Kwan Williams is solid. And I think he was on a one-year deal. Not positive on that one. It might be two. Okay. Um, but either way, yeah. you're not drafting a first round for a guy to play in the nickel. If you, if you can help it any, anyway, um, but you know what's what's Ronald Darby going to be like coming off an injury? Your depth there isn't very good anymore. I could absolutely see if a corner falls to me in that spot, and I like him considerably better than anybody at offensive tackle. I would absolutely go corner over a meh offensive lineman and and take the wrong guy. Um, so cornerback, uh, depending on how Tim Patrick comes back, you know how's Tim Patrick look in in off season workouts before you know before the draft, you'll have a pretty good idea. Um, it would make, you know, what can you get for Jerry Judy? You know, if, I, if I'm able to spend Jerry Judy for a second rounder or KJ Hamler and, and package them together for the equivalent of a first, I could I could take another wide receiver in the first round. Because, yeah. uh, like, again, you're talking about cost. And, and Clee also comes in about, you know, taking a running back. The Falcons took one in the fifth round who was really good. I, I honestly, I think of anybody after second as being, like, cheap where the economics don't matter. You know, I mean, a million five, two million dollars. That's that's nothing on a two hundred and forty million dollar payroll. It's one percent of your team. Um, so the cost control beyond the first round is really good. Um, but I could I could go wide receiver, but corner for me might be the second position after offensive line for me. Yeah, cornerback is almost a hundred percent going to come down to what happens with Ronald Darby. Um, his contract is kind of in the Garrett Bowles realm, but coming playing a position that falls off more dramatically. And I think you can save even more money moving on from Ronald Darby. So if the Broncos move on from Darby coming off this ACL injury, then cornerback rockets up to close to offensive tackle. I wouldn't put it over offensive tackle, but darn close out there because if you have, and it's the same thing, Broncos country, you guys will probably remember this uh, back when the Broncos had Champ Bailey at his peak, the Broncos tried really hard to find a cornerback too out there. That could be okay on the other side, because you knew that guy was going to be battled uh battle and targeted constantly. I mean, nobody champ Bailey's on one side. I'm going to throw it to the other side and uh, probably a lot of Broncos country, uh, especially those my age or older. Remember the Dre Bly experience where he was God awful on the other side of Sertan to the point where or excuse on the other side of uh, Bailey, almost to the point where you lost a little bit of value of how good Bailey is because the other cornerback couldn't hang up. You sent other teams essentially took him out of the game plan. Uh, so if you get, if let's say you move on from Darby and you're not super happy with Mathis, Ojemudi on the boundary, cornerback does have to re- uh, rock it back up because you want to amplify the impact and effect of Patrick Sertan, make other teams throw at him. And if the other cornerback on the other side is trash, then Sertan's value is going to drop a lot. So you're going back to Ronald Darby and you know, he's coming off a knee injury. Knee injuries used to be 18 months for a guy, 29 year old, quick twitch cornerback. Yeah, it's it's typically eighteen months for your full speed. Let's just say it's twelve before he is legitimately back to where he was at twenty nine. With a thirteen million dollar cap hit in a free agent year with a dead cap number of three, he only costs you three if you cut him in the offseason. You could spread that across two, and he'd be a million and a half. Uh, yeah, I Ronald Darby's chances of being a Denver Bronco next year, are probably below average. They're probably below 500. Um, you, you save 10 million. You're going to need, you're going to need another. Uh, we obviously, we say all the time, you can never have too many defensive backs, but I think you're going to need to spend some premium capital on another cornerback. 
Yeah, and one thing that makes this pretty hard right now, maybe not as hard <laughs> for Scott, but uh, I really am a big believer in the scheme uh, fits as well, especially once you get beyond the first 20 picks. Some of those, you move beyond the scheme transcendent players, and you want to find guys in the right specific needs. So what does the Broncos defense look like next year? Uh, do they keep Azir Evero? Um, are they going to continue to play the, the cover coach. six? Cover is, three? is Nathaniel Hackett out, and the guy brings in his new defensive coordinator, and that's that's why I say you know yeah, general managers can't you can't think of schemes. You try and go as scheme independent as possible. Yeah, I agree. You do want to be able to maximize fits, though, um, especially later on. It's not in the first round. Not in the first round. No. <laughs> um, not in the first round. That's more about the long term contracts and the talent, mm-hmm. of course. But uh, so you talked about we talked cornerback a bit. I think cornerback is way up there for the Broncos in this draft class, even if they bring back Darby. I think that's a contract. He's playing great football. Let's say you can get him on a contract renegotiation that's an extension for six and a half. Uh, yep. Something. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. Even then, I'd still consider cornerback early if it's the BPA because mm-hmm. it's such a value position. But uh, and it's also one of the things if you have cornerback depth, I think it's one of the things that keeps your defense great year to year, almost more than anything else. Because cornerbacks are volatile, but if you have a lot of talent in that area and depth, then you can withstand the volatility of an individual player more so. But uh, cornerback way up there, and then you touched on it with wide receiver as well. I think wide receiver is, and a lot of Broncos country will probably roll their eyes on it a bit, but the Broncos wide receivers so far this season have been massively underwhelming. A lot of that is because the quarterback position, some of it's probably the scheme, Uh, but let's just look at the facts here. You have Tim Patrick coming off of a serious knee injury. What's he look like this next season? We don't know. Cortland Sutton has been started off hot, but been disappointing the last three weeks. Both those guys contracts are easy to move on from after 2023, and then you have uh, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, who will both be free agents after 2023. This is setting up where the Broncos obviously have a massive need at wide receiver beyond 2023 season. And if the best player available when you're picking in the first round this upcoming season can get you ahead of that need where you don't have to pay on the open market or anything. I mean, we've seen what these wide receivers are getting paid right now. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I think you have to consider uh, in this draft cycle. If you like the player enough, it's a, Long-term uh, pick for the Broncos, it gives you some flexibility to potentially shop Judy and Hamler again, which, guys, just because the Broncos didn't trade them this time does not mean they're not going to circle back uh, to some of those trade talks that they had right. during the trade deadline this offseason. So uh, I think wide receiver, right now I'd put wide receiver as my position number two in this team. Some of that is because how bad the offense has been. If it's not offensive tackle, I need to at least go out there and get a playmaker and uh, further solidify that group. And... Uh, add to a position that's probably been the most outside of quarterback, been the most disappointing for the Broncos this season relative to expectation. I like receivers in the second round. You know, I I just feel like that's where you can get the best value for those guys relative to some of the other positions. Like it's, it's, it seems to me, and and you'd have to look up and dig up the analytics and stuff on this, but quarterbacks first round for sure. You know, there's Mm -hmm. exceptions. There's always exceptions to rule. Don't get me wrong. I always say with a small enough sample size, you, you could say that I should be shopping at Walmart for my quarterbacks, for my Hall of Fame quarterback with a small enough sample size. Um, but there's so many wide receivers out there. I always said when I was scouting players, it is hard to find guys that can run and cover and tackle. It's easy to find guys that can run and catch. There's a zillion of 4-4 guys out there that can catch a football. A zillion. It's like saying the 6'3", 300-pound linemen. They grow on trees. In this world, they do. <laughs> Those are still rare human beings. I get it. But in this world, they're very common. Um, so you can go wide receiver in the second round, but it is a need. Now, the question I have for you, Nick, is, 
uh, Gary comes in with a coming in yellow with a super chat because he's normally on Facebook. He says, I'm technically challenged and we'll figure it out in time. Go Broncos. Gary, we're, we're glad you're putting forth the effort and supporting the show. It's awesome. Thanks for kicking us off this morning on a Monday with a with our first super of the day. Uh, thank you so much, sir. And I know you'll figure it out because you uh, you stick to it. Now, sticking to this, Nick, could, could you make an argument that Edge is a top three need? It's not a top three need, but I would say it's a top four position that you can consider uh, given the value of the position and how much the Broncos are rotating those spots. And now Broncos just traded Bradley Chubb, blah, blah, blah. We talked about it, if you guys want to find it uh, potentially with this scheme and contract and everything, maybe Bradley Chubb wasn't the best fit. He's more of a classic hand in the dirt four three defensive end where the Broncos are using lead the league in simulated pressures uh, so far this season. They want a lot of versatility from that edge spot that can drop, go, uh, twist stunt etc cetera, etc cetera. uh so i think edge is still up there for sure if the right player falls to them you're getting a young player for five years you give yourself more flexibility uh you protect yourself from browning and gregory's uh injury, injury history, history. There. yep so it's still a position up there i know a lot of broncos fans would absolutely lose their mind uh, i think that 2024 sets up better as a year to excuse me yeah the 2024 draft so two drafts from now sets up better for the broncos to target an edge than this one but if the best player available when you're picking is an edge rusher, don't fight it because um, that's such a valuable position. And it's a heavy rotational position. And, and 2024 is when you can get out from Randy Gregory's contract. So exactly. if it's not working out, I mean, right now, you know, if it, it, on pace, would I pay Randy Gregory 16 million next year for where he's on pace this year? Probably not. I, I probably wouldn't because he's not on the field. If I'm only getting half of Randy Gregory, if I'm only getting eight games out of him, I'm not paying him eight figures. Huh, no. That worked out nicely. I'm not paying eight figures for eight games. You know, it's a million dollars a game. Um, it's like 12 million a game for those of you math challenge. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I mean, 1.2 million. See, now I'm screwing it up. Too much math, too much math. Um, so it becomes a need, you know, economically speaking, I can't necessarily trust Randy Gregory to be on the field, which is why you put in that contract to hedge out of it after two years anyway. So I got Baron Browning, a converted guy, um, looks good doing it. Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito, um, and then, you know, Randy Gregory. Yeah, I could use a little more insurance there. And if I've got a really, really good player on the board as a pass rusher, again, you can never have too many pass rushers either. We've seen that. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes, again, we talk premium positions. Edge, Ed's a premium position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I might hedge. I might hedge on edge on uh, in the first round there. It's certainly a possibility. Uh, it's something you got to consider. And again, it comes down to who's available when you're picking. Uh, Scott, I did want to circle back a little bit on your wide receiver uh, take here. I think that we're seeing a shift, a dynamic shift right now in the wide receiver market uh, where the last, I think, every single draft since the DK Metcalf draft, Wide receivers are going early, and I would say mostly in the top 40 and getting gobbled up pretty quickly. And then there seems to be a pretty significant drop probably halfway through the second round. Uh, more recently, now I think that the DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel draft 
was a response to how horrible um, the John Ross, Corey Davis, Mike Williams going in the top 10 draft from the year before. But since then, I think there's been a little bit of a market correction, maybe even over correction on the wide, re- wide receiver position. Now the, the market or the, we still have a lot to find out about the second round picks last year, but Christian Watson so far has been not great. George Pickens mm-hmm. is limited by the offense, but he's not making the impact that a lot of people had hoped that where the first round wide receivers, uh, Olave, Garrett Wilson, Dotson went healthy. I think they played a tier. Well, so many difference. of them got taken. So I actually, Nick, to, to your point, I wanted to go back and look at the previous year. Okay. The previous year and draft, Chase, draft football Waddle. reference is awesome. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts lead the 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 Insane. that class the charge Man. they they lead that class those are four top 10 picks we're not picking in the top 10 no okay we're not picking in the top 10 so after you get out of the top 10 cause like like i said best player available in the top 10 because there's a difference with those guys even at this level there is a difference now the next picks that are leading in receivers are 112, 55, 27, 49, 89, 34, 77, 24, 107, 20. After the very cream of the crop, I, I'm, I'm, I'm better off getting them in the second round. I, I feel like, I just feel like I am. We'll have to do a little bit of uh, research on this because I'm yeah. looking at it. Um, <laughs> after that top picks, I mean, it's just, it's a grab bag oh, since the 2019 draft. So 2020, after the top 50, Van Jefferson's done nothing. Denzel Mims done nothing. Lynn Bowden's done nothing. Brian Edwards has done nothing. Devin DuVernay's been fine. Uh, those are your top 100 picks there. Gabriel Davis has been fine. Uh, so that's yeah, 2020. The, the 2020 draft, Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb are one and two. And then after that, it goes T. Higgins, 33. Michael Pittman, okay. 34. Darnell Mooden, 173. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, 25. Chase Claypool, 49. Uh, and those are all guys that are over 2,000 yards in their careers. And then the next one is Jerry Judy at 15. Yeah. You know, which kind of goes to my point of, I've just, I don't know. I, the, the economics of it. And I, you know, I also, I grew up when, you know, there was no cap on rookie contracts and yeah. it was ridiculous. So I like, and I grew up with, uh, you know, Jerry Johnson building his teams by trading down. I like more players. I, I like more, yeah. more quivers in the arrow more chances to hit because it is an imperfect science. Yeah. So I agree with you. I do still believe after the top 50 picks over the last three draft cycles, your hit rate drops incredibly um, for the, and that's for most positions, but one is valuable as wide receiver. And also, also if it keeps you from having to pay a wide receiver in the market um, versus having one under cost control for however many years, I think there's definitely something to, uh, Something to that uh, for the cost control uh, benefit of the wide receiver position. Also, given how the game has changed at the college level, it used to be wide receivers would take three years or so um, before they really start to come into their own. A lot of wide receivers are coming into today's NFL ready to go uh, where you can use that contract year one and they're making an impact. So it's not even the developmental uh, debate anymore. If you really want to maximize that, I I think it's on the table uh, for the Broncos and specifically talking players in this draft class, uh, Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee is somebody to keep an eye on uh, at Ad, uh, Addison out there at USC, the Bolitnikoff or the what's the wide receiver award. Bolitnikoff. Oh, it is the Bolitnikoff. Okay. I was mixing up the linebacker one uh, with that. So uh, Addison uh, out there at USC played from Pitt, and then a uh, Quentin Jefferson or Quentin Johnson, excuse me at TCU, another really fun player to watch and uh, keep an eye out there. If one of those guys is there available for the Broncos picking 15 to 30 with the 49ers, 
uh, I think they'd have to at least uh, consider it there. And if you guys are, who's some of these guys, uh, Quentin Jefferson, you go back and watch TCU versus Oklahoma last year. He's the guy Moss and everybody. Number one, he's easy to see. And then I think Jalen Hyatt had five or six touchdowns uh, versus Alabama this year. Almost all of them were like 40 plus yarders. Uh, so some fun uh, wide receivers to consider might make sense for the Broncos long-term if the, the board falls a certain way. Colin says, after hearing all the Malik Willis hype last year and seeing him last season, I don't have a whole lot of faith in any of you draft savants. Now, this guy said, don't take a quarterback in the first round. I, I went and watched all of them in the uh, at the Senior Bowl, and there was a lot of hype for tools. Um, but, you know, come game time, Malik Willis is a running back with a strong arm. Um, he's not a great thrower yet. He was erratic as hell. And at the end of the day, you got to be able to drop back, set your foot, and hit a 20-yard out consistently. Yeah. Uh, from the pocket you you know it's all exciting and stuff when you see these guys run around but quarterback play is still i have to be able to throw the ball uh yeah terrified me that these guys were getting talked about in the first round all of them including kenny pickett who did go in the first yeah uh malik willis the the reason that i talked myself into malik willis was he was the only one in this draft class that had the superhero traits um mm -hmm. and i think you got to have a little bit of superhero traits to work out also, to this point, you know, Malik Willis looked really bad yesterday, but his career is far from written uh, right. so far. I mean, everybody that was, was a that was a reach. You know, we're yeah. talking if he's if you're top 15, that's what we consider, Nick, what I consider reaching. Yes, he he's a reach. You get him in the second and hell where you got him. What did he yeah. fall to the fourth? Third, third, you know, late third with Desmond Ritter. Those yeah. were that's fine. I had that's no problem one. with that. I had no problem with Malik Willis in the second where he was getting talked about top five. Yeah, hell no. Top 15, no. No first round. After that, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. He was yep. he's a good developmental quarterback. He's a dice roll, and uh, you have a – he's more like buying a Powerball ticket or a lottery ticket. You know, that's the kind of one that you want to do there. But like I said, last year's class, Malik Willis was the only one with these superhero mm -hmm. traits as far as athleticism and arm talent uh, goes. C using a first-round pick on Kenny Pickett is uh, just horrible. Um, but, uh, that's, that's beside the point. I mean, again, you don't want to bury these guys too early. You want to give them at least two or three seasons, especially the ones that are extremely talented, uh, to prove that they can, uh, get better. Uh, a lot of people ready to give up and clown on Justin Fields. Justin Fields has looked incredible, uh, so far, uh, the last like three or four games. I think he's like top 10 in the NFL and QBR just broke Mike Vick's, uh, single game rushing record for the quarterback getting better and better there. So, uh, if you're going to draft a quarterback, I think swing for the fences, and I'd rather strike out than hit a single like uh, what the Steelers did with Kenny Pickett, which no, that I offense am on looks record. I am on, we were both on record with Justin Fields. I, I think I was banging that drum a little bit louder because the Falcons had a higher pick at the time, number four. Yeah. But I said number two, and if he flames out, I'll own it. Um, but uh, again, I get enough trouble for things I do say. I don't like mm -hmm. being put down for things i don't say i'll own it trust me yeah. Where, if you're in the business of the only way you're not going to be wrong when you're in the business of uh projecting the future is to not to not to not yeah. make guesses to not analyze to not project to not make predictions um that's the only way you're not going to be wrong i know we're going to be wrong it's like doesn't it bother you that you're wrong all the time uh the, the nfl's wrong all the time half these guys with 50 people on staff and a billion dollars in scouting budget miss on half the first round draft picks yeah, we're going to miss. Uh, yep. Can you hit more often than not? And, you know, again, and then admit when you're wrong. I can live with that. Yeah. And finally, before we get on out of here, talk on this uh, Broncos first round draft pick. I personally think that uh, because the Broncos 
don't have a second round pick this year, have a lot of needs. And also with how the contract sets up with Russell Wilson, you're, I think uh, George Payton's extremely likely to trade back and uh, accumulate more top 100 draft picks and maybe even some more 2024 draft capital rather than sitting there at pick 22. Obviously it depends on what the deal is there when it happens. But I think people talking about, you know, adding running backs, adding tight ends, adding interior offensive line, Day two, day two, day two. Those are all positions where you could really fill out some of those spots uh, day two in the draft and really rise the floor and the contract flexibility going forward with if you have a bunch of cheap starters at those spots because of the draft, you can focus some extra resources and free agency on another spot. So right now, uh, I do think that uh, trading back is uh, going on and uh, most likely here. And I don't know what's going on with the, some of this talk here, but let's keep it. I know. Let's, let's, let's keep it to, to, some football well, on go, move on please yeah <laughs> um but uh the last thing here i want to say any positions here that are maybe a little bit of dark horses for the broncos in the first round that you are maybe considering um yeah and i might have hit on that one earlier with the uh with with edge you know um yeah. just because you think okay they traded away they've got some depth there they put some resources in there but that that depth is thin ice mm-hmm. you know and there's and there again there's hedging at edge with uh, with the ability to get out of Randy Gregory's contract, where you, if Randy Gregory's healthy, uh, you're fine, but you can't count on that. Baron Browning has been beat up too, so there are big question marks. So for me, the dark horse is that edge position is, is sitting there going, I could end up using um, an edge. Yeah, edge is definitely up there. It's a pretty good edge class, especially where the Broncos will probably be picking. Uh, but for me, right now, the ones that uh, Stand out for me is a little bit of a dark horse is the the interior defensive line. I know that the Broncos are probably going to play Draymond Jones big money. Uh, I know the Broncos are also probably uh, going to obviously keep uh, DJ Jones, who's been great. But with how much the Broncos play penny front and what is penny front? It's a five one front, uh, five three interior defensive linemen, two edge rushers, one linebacker. You have another starting spot out there on this line that is going to be a question mark next season. Uh, Deshaun Williams, like him as a backup, he's been targeted in the run game continuously out there when he's been on the field. Uh, obviously has not stood out like DJ Jones, Draymond Jones, or any of the edge rushers. And then also you have Mike Purcell, I think last year of his contract, a rotational player. So I think both Deshaun Williams and uh, Mike Purcell are going to be free agents next year. Uh, both those guys uh, could be a first round rookie pick could be used there uh, at that position going forward. So who are some of these guys you can consider here? Uh, Brian Brees is one, uh, from, uh, Clemson. Maybe he falls to 15 to 20, uh, for really talented Gravon Dexter at Florida is really talented as well. And uh, watching USC, I've been really impressed with, uh, Tuli Tupiotu, I believe is his name there. He's about six, five, 300 pounds. They use him at edge. They use him on the interior defensive line with how much you've seen the, the Broncos use Draymond Jones at the strong edge position to the inside with the twists and stunts, somebody like, uh, Tuli would make a lot of sense for me. If you're watching USC, make sure you watch for number 90 on that defensive line. I, I always considered 300 pound defensive lineman a premium. Yeah. So it's like, for me, that's never a dark horse. If I can get one of those talented guys, I don't care what else my needs are. It's just defensive line again. Um, Cause you, it's such a rotational position. You know, you look at, you look at snap counts at the end of the, at the end of the game and you know, you're starting corners, you're starting safeties. If you played 65 defensive snaps, they've got 65 next to their name. Your starting defensive lineman says 40. Your backup says 25. Those guys are in a third of the game. You can use them early, early, early. 
And uh, Lauren's coming in. He says, what's up, guys? How you doing? Russ is forgiven for everything he's ever done. Why? Because Sierra liked my comment on her post. Well, I'm happy for you both, Lawrence. <laughs> I'm awesome. happy for you both. And uh, real quick before and we get on, just because I'm starting. My friend. Yeah, thank you so much, Lawrence. Uh, this is mainly just for me, but maybe some of these people uh, really like this. And is Facebook broken? Facebook's been having some issues, Dave. I don't know what's going on here. Um, but the last player on the defensive line I wanted to mention here was uh, Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Uh, six foot four, 330 pounds, 325 pounds. And Bruce Feldman's number one freak player in college football uh, this season for Michigan. He's still kind of getting it together, but uh, six foot three, 337 pound uh, senior. Um, he's a uh, close grip benched at 550 pounds, vertical jump at 33 inches, broad jump at uh, nine feet, four and a half inches. And, um, apparently runs a four four one forty at 335 pounds so uh close close that and all of those are uh, the close grip bench press is all triceps yeah i mean that your, your your pectorals are your big muscles you go wide you get you know the short arm guys if he's got long arms doing close grip good god <laughs> and also he runs yeah uh, turn him into a boxer anybody remember rocky three when they're doing the uh the the the, the hit meter and there's there's pounds per square inch do that on a guy close grip benching with arms like that at 550 pounds and see what he pegs. It'd be like getting hit by a truck. Yeah. Wow. Hand strength, power inside. Cause that's where, you know, they say the bench press is the most underrated lift in sports. Cause you know, even, even the lineman in there, it's, it's more incline. You're, you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're more leaned over, but a close grip, you know, you're, you're fighting in here. For those of you listening later, I'm talking about your hands are basically inside your shoulders, which is what a close grip bench is. So, wow, that's insane. Yeah, he'd be number one on my freak list, too. Yeah, and uh, sub, uh, what is it here? We have a 6.5 or 6.953 cone at uh, 330 pounds as well. So um, definitely a freak. I'm curious to see what his arm length is. Um, that's What's his name again? Mozzie Smith. And out of Michigan. Out of Michigan. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Scott's going to keep that one uh, registered away. <laughs> but um, anyway, guys, uh, we're going to get out and out of here. Uh, we uh, appreciate everyone. Uh, any final thoughts before we get on out of here with the draft? Scott, any topics or whatever <laughs> now that we got Ethan coming in? Yeah, my final thoughts is Ethan rocks. That, that's yeah. that's basically it. The closer coming in. He says, great show, gents, in Broncos country. He's coming in hot pink with a super. Unless someone falls that Peyton cannot pass up, I'd suggest he trades back for more picks. My, my, only, um, my only, you know, hedge qualification on that one is it takes two to tango you know don't just trade back just for the sake of trading back no one could trade back last year you know we, yeah. we everybody everybody was trying i believe and it was really really hard to trade back because again the strength in that draft last year was 25 to 60 25 to 75 and you know y'all heard me ethan you've watched just enough to hear me say oh this is a weak draft this is a weak draft my ass this is a weak draft this was a deep draft this was a strong draft especially in the trenches so it's it's weak because I don't want to trade out of I'm not going to trade up into a top ten and give you another couple second round picks when I can do just as good in the twenties and thirties. Not every draft is like that, and uh, we're talking draft today. But shoot, Nick, we're only two months away from Senior Bowl, you know, and yeah, Shrine Bowl. So it's it's coming up. It's coming up quick. Got to start making plans. So um, yes, trading back. He basically said I'd have more picks. He has more picks, um, but you can get where you could really use help and need bodies, you can get help on day two. You can. Mm -hmm. So if I can take a, a day one and turn it into three players that'll plug into my starting rotation, yes, please. 
Yep, 100%. But uh, closing thoughts here. Um, right now, offensive tackle is standalone tier one. Um, it would be shocking if it was anything else. Uh, there are a lot of good offensive linemen in this upcoming class right now. I don't think anybody's going to be like the top of the class. What was it, three years ago where you had uh, Mekhi Becton, who hasn't been able to stay healthy, but really good when healthy. Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills. I don't think it's that level of offensive tackle prospects at the top, but I think a lot of guys going in that 10 to 40 range in this upcoming class. Maryland has one. Ohio State has two. Uh, Skaronski at Northwestern. Uh, you have uh, the Penn State left tackle, uh, Awusi, I believe his name is, and then um, offensive tackle at Syracuse uh, to keep a name on, or an eye on as well, and uh, Broderick Jones at Georgia. So a lot of offensive tackles. We're definitely going to be going through those guys as the season goes along. If not them, I'd probably throw my lot on wide receiver or cornerback. But if the best player available is a defensive lineman or heck, maybe even a linebacker down there picking, talking 25 to 30 range, mm -hmm. um, something to consider for the Broncos. So long way to go. A lot uh, really exciting to make this first chapter talking about the NFL draft. Now that Broncos have a first round pick again, we'll have a lot of uh, fun with that. And uh, gosh, a long way to go until then. But uh, Broncos still in the thick of things. Two games back, we'll uh, start to look ahead to the Titans who lost a close one this last week. The Chiefs had him on the field running around a lot playing Sunday night football. Maybe that'll be beneficial to the Broncos. Maybe it won't be. I'm a little bit worried about the outside zone look from our edges, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, we got a week to talk about that Titans game coming up here. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod. And of course, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our communities on there. Scott, any final words before we get on out of here? No, who we got tonight? We got some some Saints and somebody. I don't even remember. Ravens. Saints Ravens. and Ravens. Okay, well, Falcons fans might be watching that one closely. I know they uh, they want to send a boatload of picks to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson, and then you always root against the Aints. So, yeah. no, the Saints are in trouble. So, again, final thoughts. We'll be here all week. It'll be fun to start getting into. The bye week seems like it's lasted forever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, looking forward to some Broncos football again. Absolutely. You guys have a great one. Have a great Monday. Uh, and until then, make sure you're choosing kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.